Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's officially hashtag draft season. With the 2023 NFL draft pool set, it is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Buckeyes fan who drank the Kool-Aid and actually started to believe Strav was heading back to Columbus. And with me as always is AJ, Will Levis, number one to Coach Saturday, Marchese. Oh, what a duo that would be, Rob. That, how many how many Super Bowls they got in them if that happens? All of them. Yeah, agreed. The NFL would fold because no one else would ever win again. That's so true. Today, we're talking all our favorite 2023 NFL draft prospects who declared, and some of the ones who didn't, at the deadline. That's it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right, AJ. Are you ready? Uh, how many names are you about to read to me? All of them. <sighs> okay, I'll see you. See you. Uh, actually, yeah. I actually don't have the total count on underclassmen you declared. Did you know? I didn't see one either. I think part of the issue is because of the COVID year still impacting it. Mm-hmm. Half the guys who declared are like redshirt seniors. Right. <laughs> so it's like, what? What's the real number? You know? Yeah. Because I know last year, I think they had a hundred. Yeah, but the, I, the I NFL haven't usually, seen that number this year. Yeah, the NFL usually puts you know a number out there. But there's also that. like, I mean, there's there's a player for example. I was trying to figure out if they declared or not, and I couldn't. Was Aeneas Smith? So it's like I'm not even totally sure who's in and who's out because of, like, does a fifth year player need to declare or not? Yeah. Well, I think technically, don't they still have, like, time to decide if they want to back out, right? Yeah, until they sign an agent. Yeah. But I don't know if that's changed because of NIL. Good question. That, yeah, I don't know. But normally they have, yeah, like a week. Um, yeah. But anywho, I'm going to read just the most recent declarations. Then we'll get into our superlatives. Uh, we'll focus exclusively on guys who aren't seniors, even if they had to declare because of the code year. We're looking at true redshirt sophomores and juniors. How's that sound? Well, I don't know. I, I might sneak a couple seniors in there. You never know. You never know with me. Stetson Ben. <laughs> yeah, sh- <laughs> shocked he's coming out. All right. A couple new declarations. Uh, Joseph Nada, the receiver for Clemson. Georgia tight end Darnell Washington. Georgia left tackle Broderick Jones. Kansas State pass rusher Felix Enrique Uzama. And Southern Miss safety Malik Shorts. Malik Shorts is good. I, I like that's a fun I, one. I hope uh, I hope he becomes really good in the NFL and gets the nickname Eat My. That land for you. Topical reference, yeah. We'll, we'll give him the nickname, don't worry. 
Uh, obviously, Big Darnell, uh, more on him in a bit, and Broderick Jones are the cream of the crop there. Two potential first-round picks. A um, couple senior bowl acceptances, too, before we get into it. Arizona State defensive tackle Nesta Jade Silvera, TCU linebacker D. Winners, USC corner Makai Blackman, who they poach from the East-West, and Ohio State safety Ronnie Hickman. I'm pretty excited about D. Winters. I mean, I still don't know where the hell his stock is, but... I don't know. Been a guy since, you know, been one of our favorites since the summer. Ruined Michigan, so as much as he hurts me, I respect the hell out of him. Um, not a not a great off-ball linebacker. No. Class. It, more interesting than it is great. Yeah, I definitely agree. So I think a guy like him, if he goes and has a big senior bowl, he can, he can definitely shoot himself up the board. And Jade Silvera is one of my guys. Um, kind of... This gap-shooting three-tech who wins with quickness and uh, leverage... Not not a ton, a ton of pass rush, but blows up so many plays in the backfield. I'm shocked he actually uh, ended up at the Senior Bowl. I'm very excited about it because I've liked him since like back going back to Miami in 2020. I I don't I don't remember who their name is, and uh, I should have checked this before I brought this up. But the, like the group who he's working out with, like uh, getting like during draft prep, is a bunch of like guys who are going to go in the first round. So like when I saw that that kind of get tweeted out, I know that doesn't mean everything, but. Like okay, well if he's though. if he's running with his group and then and then I saw the senior bowl announcement. Okay, so there's it probably means more like there's a buzz building for him. You love to see it. All right, twenty twenty three NFL draft declaration bonanza show. Um, let's start with the guys we're excited about declaring. I, I tried to keep it to like five per category. Yeah, me too. Um. If you had to pick just one guy who declared that you're the most excited about, who would that be? So I tried to not like just be like, oh yeah, I'm excited. CJ Stroud came out. I mean, I know it was maybe you know upsetting to you, but uh, probably obvious for, for for the long part. So how about a guy? Who's... Wait, were you were you excited he came out, or you were excited he came out, or you weren't? CJ Stroud? Yeah, I mean he he would have gone zero three. Yeah, no, no, I wish he went back. No, I'm I'm gonna stick in the Big Ten though. And with a redshirt sophomore who obviously did not have to declare, I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness because he's a guy that's just like going to make himself money. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to get, you know really dig in on him. The guy I haven't like you know dug in on. I don't think we watched him too much over the summer either. Um, nope. Going to go pretty early, you know. Obviously, what, the glimpses are are there. So I'm just like that. I think I'm just excited to get get in on him. He was my number one guy for the biggest money move because yeah. it feels like yeah, a guy who never started for Iowa, but consistently in that rotation the last two years racked up 19 tfls 13 sacks um he has the makings of a max crosby type of pass Mm -hmm. rusher with with the juice and the power uh the the hype is built late for him but man it built fast yeah it did and that's why i just want to see this 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 hype continue and see where it can get to for me i think my favorite position generally uh to to scout on defense has been safeties, but more of those those versatile safeties who come down and play a lot of nickel, kind of almost a defensive weapon in the secondary. So Brian Branch declaring was really exciting for me. Um, I think he's safety one in this yeah. class. Has, has just been a terror around the line of scrimmage. Finished this season with 14 TFLs. Um, Maybe had the best, the best defensive bowl game performances, if not the best. And just a guy dripping with instincts. Um can, can man up tight ends and slots, but I, I think he's even more comfortable playing as like a flats defender in the zone. Uh, does everything. I'm really excited to see what secondary adds him as that kind of Swiss Army knife piece. So him declaring I was super hype about. Yeah, I, I think he's going to end up tw- top 20. And I I do, I, I am really interested to see where he lands. Um, not going to, you know, no, no shots to call yet, obviously. But a lot of teams that like, you know, are missing a, a guy that can kind of do it all in the secondary. Could use them. Who else you got here? I put Josh Downs. I, I just think it would have been so easy for him to go back and have another year with Drake May and cook up at UNC, you know, and just so that him coming out in a class at wide receiver that's, I don't know, still a little, like, you know, not as good as it's been in years past and still a little, like, open at the top-ish, you know, like the two through five-ish. Uh, like I think we've talked about in years past. I think it's going to be, a, you know, a handful of different names in there. Um, or in weeks past, I should say. Um, so just, I mean, I love watching watching him play, and you know, just that that dude that's smooth but sudden. And I just, uh, I'm just happy he, he's coming out. 
Yeah, I, I, another guy who I put for biggest money move actually, and uh, in, in a weaker receiver class, like I kind of don't think he'll end up sneaking in the first round, but top, top 40, forty, yeah, yeah, in, because of that size. But man, he's so sudden and such a dynamic route runner. Mm-hmm. Like a team who maybe wanted that Jordan Addison in the first round, maybe doesn't get him, come back at him in the second round. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be a really interesting receiver class to be just because I think there's a lot of those guys who are very dynamic, but undersized, uh, Zay flowers, Addison, Josh downs, all come to mind. Those are three guys who could be top five receivers, yep. uh, in this class, especially with, um, uh, Roma D- uh, Dunsey going back to school. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on downs. Uh, I think he's going to be such an instant impact type of player. Me too. It just seems like he's going to, like, I don't know, like, I know Elijah Moore's kind of, you know, didn't have a great year, but he was super impactful his rookie year, and I just feel like he's a very similar type of guy. I also put Darnell Washington here, um, mainly because he's been my tight end, too, since the summer. Mm-hmm. I, I loved watching him kind of rise, go from not just being a dominant blocker, but really leveled up as a pass catcher this year, was utilized a lot more by Tom Bunkin. Um, just like a power forward rebounding every time he went up for the ball, but also... What he does in space at that size is pretty ridiculous. Uh, you see him hurdle guys constantly. And at the same time, everyone everyone calls him like a sixth offensive lineman for what he can do as a blocker in the run game. Um, if he sneaks into the fir- back end of the first round, like that seems entirely possible given what I assume he'll do at the combine. Uh, especially if, if there's a team back there kind of making a luxury pick. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 the tight end position in the first round kind of to me is similar to running back in that it's hard to justify it a lot of the time um it is more of a luxury pick but what darnell washington brings as a blocker i think for the right team will very much kind of make it worthwhile yeah like like speaking of nfl ready like he's got the the nfl made body um the the skill set to match the athleticism to match um, yeah, I think I think that end of the first round is – I think that makes sense. Like you kind of said luxury pick, but a luxury pick plus where he's going to come in and instantly be uh, it, like a factor in, in – like you said, in, in, as a blocker like, and as a receiver. Like a mismatch like, on both ends. Like if the Bengals took him at 28 yeah. or wherever they end up picking, like a guy who, who can really help elevate that run game as a blocker but also give Joe Burrow – that rebounding red zone threat to complement all that talent on the outside of receiver. Yeah, something he hasn't had since Thad Moss. <laughs> uh, who else you got here? Uh, this one's a little little easy one, but because he waited to the last minute, he was kind of the last one to announce, I'm going with Quentin Johnston. Like, he kind of really was really late there and um, finally, you know, got the announcement, what, like the 6 o'clock hour yesterday or so. Um, I mean, again, wide receiver one, I think – I mean, there's still a chance he's not actually, but I, 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 we've had him there since the summer. I think both of us. Um, the only like you know, we've talked about a lot of the undersized guys. The only guy that's got the size and the athleticism, the guy who can blow up the combine. I mean, it's an easy pick, but I just I love Quentin Johnson, so I'm excited. Uh, I'll go with a guy smaller school, but a guy I think we both love, and he, he's really started building the hype. Is Keaton Mitchell, mm-hmm. the East Carolina running back. Such a fun space player. Um, I think you you could him and Tajay Spears are are kind of two of my favorite yep. running backs for what they can do in space and, and as pass catchers. Um, Mitchell obviously had a phenomenal year at East Carolina. I think he he can be that uh, for a team who's got a more established starting running back. Maybe not the most dynamic running back, but he can he can be a complement to that guy for what he can do. With his quickness, with his his shiftiness in in the open field, and what he can do as a pass catcher, mm-hmm. where like he's got very good ball skills, and, and I think he's going to test really well. Yeah, I agree. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stick at running back for my last guy. Um, I put Tank Bigsby because I'm like not as excited as I am that he came out that I am that because Auburn just doesn't deserve him. I'm happy he's out of Auburn because he's just put that that team on his back for multiple years, and they, just nothing in return for him. He. It's also going to be interesting to see where he ends up just because, I one, know. this is a really deep running back class. We've been talking about him since he was a freshman. I know. And he, he had to do so much with so little. So it's going to be interesting to see where it kind of shakes out for him. Not that he had a poor college career, but it feels like 
he's gonna have a better NFL career than he did college. And I'm with I'm with you because he had to do so damn exactly. Much. And like like his name is kind of like you know when you talk about the running back group, usually it's not one that you hear mentioned. I think it's just because like you said, we've been talking since a freshman, talking about him since he was a freshman, and like. I don't know, Auburn was terrible, and, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just happy he's finally out of the shadow of uh, of Auburn and, yeah, going to get a chance to shine. Um, I I'll, I'll get, I got two more, both from the SEC. Uh, one, B.J. Ojolari, because I, I just – he hasn't really been mentioned among the first-round edge guys. He's uh, often, like, if you look at a mock, he's kind of at the top of the second round. I think he's very much should be in that first round fold. I, I put him for a money move. Because I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. He he. Not only is he twitched up, man has some of the most powerful hands in this class. Yeah. Um. And he he really started to develop them as a pass rusher this year, but he's a very talented run defender on top of that. Um. I think he's one of the most well rounded edges in this class. He, like he's not yeah. on the Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson. Miles Murphy level, but in that next tier, certainly, especially with uh, a certain someone going back to school. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I was about to say, I feel like he had like one of the most complete years at the position. You watch any LSU game, and he's he's playing as well as run defender as he was rushing the passer. Um, yeah, I, I, that's why I think like I put him for money move because he's a little bit like you said, kind of not lost in the shuffle, but quieter. And I think just uh, you know, re- real G's rolling silence type of type of situation for BJ. <laughs> And, 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 I mean, he plays one of the most important positions. Like, mm-hmm. I, the playoff teams, I think, are going to very much be looking at Like, fuck, if the Eagles take him 31, that would be the most Howie Roseman yeah, thing in the it, world. It, it would be, very much so. We've seen so many so many guys with his similar skill set, too. Like, maybe they aren't projected first-round picks at this point in the process or even, you know, earlier, but they end up going in the, in the end of the first two, one of those playoff teams that when you're a pretty complete roster, the one of the best places to add is you can never have too many pass rushers, right? Like via Howie Roseman, right? So, And I'm going to go ahead and assume the last guy I put here is a guy you put for Moneymakers, and it's Florida's Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I put him for Moneymaker. Good call. Excited and Moneymaker kind of overlap a little bit yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he works for both just because, A, exciting-wise, that arm talent, watching that athleticism, just the discourse around him is – I feel like, unlike Will Levis, it's going to be fun with Anthony Richardson, right? It's I not know. Yeah. Be t- tired because he's not going to get pro- – pro- he's going to be under undersold probably. Yeah. Whereas Will Levis is being oversold to us. We're seeing him go second overall in mocks. Um, and, and with Richardson, he's capitalizing on a weak quarterback exactly. class yep. that lacks depth. Uh, and, one, he's the youngest in an, in, in in this quarterback class – Probably has the best arm and is just the best all-around athlete and, and most talented runner. He's the most talented, like, raw talented of this group. And and now I know Will Levis has got a very um, silky, big-time arm. And, you know, Stroud is accurate as hell. And Bryce Young is just the it man. But overall, just like, you know, doesn't mean he's going to be the best player. But he's he's got the most talent. And, yeah, I agree. He's going to... Now, I don't, I don't know where he's going to go exactly. But he's definitely going to capitalize on this this crappy class after the top two all right moving to surprise they declared and just playing off the anthony richardson thing there i'll start with my first and maybe i shouldn't be surprised but i really the tanner mckee stuff the hype that's come with tanner mckee (laughs) like i i haven't seen it on tape some of the the takes we're seeing like statistically it's not gonna blow you away either he reminds, I think we both said it over the summer, kind of Mike glennon mm-hmm. more of this day three backup passer. And I, I think some of that weird first-round hype has definitely died down. Um, and I mean, if, you, if you just look at Dane Brugler from The Athletic put out a mock draft, two-round mock draft today, McKee's not in it, so that's a good sign. But um, poor, poor Tanner, we're so mean. Yeah, continue. But, I mean, I, I just feel like, goodness, I don't know. I I like. I'm not even certain that Tanner McKee's a fifth round quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he declared, and everyone just kind of crowned him as the fifth quarterback in this class, after the obvious four. Um, I've seen him above Hendon Hooker. Uh, obviously Hooker's coming off the injury, but still, like, 
I don't know. I, I, I think I'd take Jake Hayner over him, too. Um, hell, maybe even Stetson Bennett, AJ. McKee? Stetson Bennett and Tanner McKee's body, and you got to pass. Okay, that's that's so true. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised, especially, you know, you know David Shaw is, is out in Stanford and every, everything there. But I will say, like, two things. One, maybe he could have been a great transfer candidate. And two, um, seems like a type of guy that would like have really got that senior bowl bump, you know? Nagy would have been campaigning for him for, for, you know, a full calendar year, and, yeah. He's also a true junior that's actually the age of a redshirt senior because of a mission trip. So when you factor that in, like, it does make sense that he would declare. But we've also seen older quarterbacks get drafted, so would it be the end of the world if he went back for one more year, kind of put up a a better season uh, with Troy Taylor coming over as head coach? I mean, Benjamin Urasek's going back. I know they're losing their receivers, but I don't know. I think you're right, too, about just getting that senior bump. Maybe, maybe he's – no, you know what? He saw Bo Nix. He saw Michael Penix. Both Yeah, he, he ran he said, I'm not even, up. I'm not even a top two senior quarterback in my conference. <laughs> that's, that's so true. Um, I'm going to start with the pit running back, Israel Banna Canada. I I don't think I'll hurt him coming out early, but uh, like coming off a nice statistical year, I think that's smart, and it doesn't like shock me. But like, what the depth of this running back class, as we've talked about many times – um, it feels like it was a little surprising to me. And he might have ended up as, like, senior RB1 going into next year. It just feels like a guy that would have, like, like it would have been a hype over the summer type of player, you know? Not that, I, not that I don't see some, like, fans of his. I, I like him, too. But it just, it just a little caught me off guard a little bit. There are, there are running backs in this class who will not be in the top ten running backs who would have been top ten running backs in, in pre- yeah, past classes. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the type of class that I think this is. Um, I mean, like maybe he, he can sneak into the fourth round, but just the overall talent is just going to push guys down too. Yeah, right? exactly. And yeah, so that's just, that's kind of my angle with that one. I mean, I think the talent is there and everything. And again, he had a really, really nice year for Pitt, but yeah, I think that's just, it's just kind of going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. One that really surprised me was Keishon Booty because we heard he was going he was going back and then he declared. So that 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 hits the definition of surprised. Obviously we've we've heard some murmurs of what, yeah. what went on there, but um Booty is still like in this receiver class, I like he could end up a top five receiver for a lot of people, I think. I, I don't know if I'll be there with him. Um but like the the glimpses of what he can mm-hmm. be is are, are so exciting. Uh, I just wonder how early are you really going to take this guy? Yeah, I put booty for I wish they went back. And I, <laughs> it's mainly like focused around I wish the circumstances were different for him too. But like I, I think he should have transferred. I know it's so easy to say in this day, day and age. But like imagine if he pulled a Jordan Addison and like just followed him to replace him at USC. Like like that type of – like in this – like it's not that – I mean I'm not making decisions for guys. But when transfers are that easy and you can just kind of make them based off – where you can be the most productive and, you know, get out of the uh, spotlight of Baton Rouge and get get your head clear in L.A., you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think I think that could have been a, a smart move. But, hey, he's in the class, and, yeah, I, the talent is there. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, Who else you got? I got, I got receivers, actually. Um, I put Marvin Mims. And, like, I, we talked about this a little bit when he declared, but like, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I thought I, another guy that could have been a transfer candidate um, – who like you know we've talked about him. He's he had the, all the hype his freshman year and it died down. Not that he's played poorly. It's just you know Oklahoma wasn't the same this year. You know him and Dylan Gabriel wasn't like he had fine numbers and everything. It just I don't know. I felt like a guy that maybe could have made a move. Maybe <laughs> maybe follow Caleb Williams. I'm kind of surprised he didn't last year to be honest. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a guy that got lost in the shuffle. But again, with this murkyish receiver class, he can he can definitely. Um, you know, go out and put a good combine out there and have a nice spring and, and elevate himself. Uh, I'll stick with the pass catchers, and I'll go with Penn State tight end Brenton I, I put him here as well. Yeah, I I just kind of out of nowhere, I thought. Uh, the thing, too, is it's a really good tight end yeah. class. He had – he was – he was very good for them. He uh, consistently, it felt like making big plays yep. when they needed them. But I just thought in this class, if he had gone back and been one of the top senior tight ends next year, yep. especially with Drew Aller, their five-star quarterback, taking over, like Penn State looks like they're going to be very good next year. And you've got Alu Fashanu going back. Uh, I thought he had a, a great chance um, to kind of be maybe one of the top seniors, if not – 
perhaps the top senior tight end. Actually. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and like you know, like I know Theo Johnson's talented, but he's kept him at bay and like you know kept the job over him. And like you said, Penn State's just trending up. Yeah, and I'm and like I mean I I know that Brock Bowers at the top next year, but this tight end group is pretty deep, and I just don't think next year's gonna be as deep. Um, and like you said, chance to be this top senior tight end. I mean, other than a guy we might you know talk about soon, but. Yeah, I totally agree. I had him. Also, sticking the Big Ten, I I know that he's had a bit of hype, but I put Trey Palmer, the Nebraska receiver. Um, okay. Yeah. Perfect, because I put two other Big Ten receivers. We can talk about all of them. <laughs> okay, who'd you put? Trey, Trey Palmer, and I put Parker Washington from Penn State mm-hmm. and Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland. Yeah, I mean, on, on the Jarrett front, I, I shouldn't say surprise, because I always felt like he was coming out this year. But, damn, but it feels like a guy just, that could have went back and had, had a big year and helped himself big he, time. Him, he in particular, like former five star yeah. who last year in 2021 really showed something where it's like, oh man, this guy could really come into mm-hmm. his own, be a first round pick. And then this year, it just dropped off a lot. And it, it, it felt like they were just not using him the same mm-hmm. way. He became more of like a chain moving slot receiver instead of that big play yak threat down the field guy, too. Um, so I, I was just kind of shocked he came out. Maybe that was part of it, that he didn't like yeah. how he was being used. Parker Washington, another guy who it looked like, is this the next Penn State receiver? And there were there were flashes, but I, I think you saw in like big games kind of him disappear a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And then on the Palmer front, it's just a guy that like I, I didn't expect really to come out. Um, he's got some hype. He's got some hype. Maddie Rule's in town. I don't know why, why are you leaving Maddie Rule. Um, but yeah, I think he can make money with a nice combine. I think he's going to test well and all that. So it might not end up being, you know, a- an issue at all. But, um, I just, yeah, I thought, I thought with the hype and his talent, I thought maybe one of the senior bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Could have won. Uh, that's true. I guess maybe not. I'm just surprised. Uh, anybody else you want to keep it going? No, let's do wish they declared, which I think is a long list this year. Yeah, I think sitting atop that list, uh, maybe for you as well as Jared Bush, yeah, that's Florida State pass rusher. The top dude. Who would have been obviously the top guy for like the transfer moneymaker too? <laughs> um, and he's going to yeah. be next year, so good for him, but go ahead. Yeah, Albany transfer, shows up to Florida State, kind of immediately dominant. Just ridiculous combo of uh, explosive first step, ability to generate power as a pass rusher. And uses his hands really well. Not not to mention ridiculous motor. Mm-hmm. He looked like a top ten pick, especially uh, once he because he started the season hot, kind of got banged up, but then returned to form down the stretch and had maybe his best game of the year was were in their biggest games, which was against LSU uh, when they won yep. early in the year, and then at the end of the year in the bowl game, he was dominant against yep. Oklahoma. So just kind of yeah, shocker, but I mean cool because he could be. I don't know, maybe the best defense player in the country next year. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, it's still super surprising because, like you said, he, he had a chance at top 15. I think he top 20, you know, I put that as a 90% chance, um, 95% chance. So, like, just – I feel like you don't see too often where, like, uh, you know, a first-round lock edge rusher going back. And especially a guy, like, you know, just transferred to Florida State too. It's just – it's, it's yeah. It's like Jermaine Johnson last year, you know, transferred to Florida State. I know he came from Georgia, but transferred to Florida State and, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think he was clearly the top guy. Um, I also put our, one of my guys, Cooper Beebe, going back to K-State. And, like, that one makes sense because who wants to leave Manhattan? But I just thought, like, he, he would have made himself some money in the interior group, probably gone, um, you know, second round. Put, Go ahead. I put him here. Yeah, there. I feel like we're going to have a lot of overlap here because there's a lot of just obvious dudes. Um I mean, you know, off the line, we've seen them. We've seen them more so go back. You know, have finished their careers, and you know, intelligent guys. They want their degrees. The smartest players on the field, Rob, as you know. Um, so, like, maybe not super shocking, but just, uh, you know, I love the guy, and I thought he could be a nice, you know, plug and play dude on day two for um, for a lot of teams. Uh, I also put Roma Dunsey. That's my next guy, Washington receiver. Yeah. yeah, he he's a guy who I really think could have made a push to be in that top five receiver conversation mm-hmm. in a weaker class. Um, Redshirt sophomore, so maybe not the biggest surprise he went back, but led the Pac-12 in receiving, 6'3", 200, really great ball skills. He makes a ton of, like, jaw-dropping circus catches. Um, a, guy, a guy who I think would have gone in that second round. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's made less surprising that he went back, given Penix mm-hmm. went back um, and McMillan and Polk went back. Like, yeah, it's just a running back. Be the no- yeah. 
Yeah, maybe in he he could maybe sink into the first round next year with some more development as a runner. Yeah, I agree. So like I I think this is just us being us being selfish. Um, cause yeah, I think this is all gonna work out for doing say. Um, speaking of being selfish, Rob, this is against you, but I wish Tommy Eichenberg came out. I, I he had a terrific year for the Buckeyes. Um, we've already talked about the the murkiness and the lack of depth in the in the linebacker group. Um, so I think I think he would have came out and gone fairly early. And um, I mean. I, I feel like he probably had a better chance to go early. Like, you know, not, not saying that he's not going to go next year, but it, it would have made a lot of sense for him to be in this class. Uh, I, I put him for glad they went back because I'm biased. You're biased, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that Buckeyes defense is returning a lot next year, and he was kind of the, out of nowhere mm-hmm. just a dominant force throughout the season. I think he could be the best senior linebacker in the class next mm-hmm. year. Um, and, and just to play the other side of it, Blake Corm going back, I, I, I kind of wish he declared. And I'm opposite. I put um, him, you know, I'm glad he went back, of course, yeah. But my reasoning isn't just so he doesn't run over Ohio State next year, but for the fact that he's a running back, he's an mm-hmm. older running back, um, I know he's coming off the injury, he wouldn't have been able to test, but he could have been a top five running back in this class. Uh, I think he would have still probably been a top 100 pick. And I don't know, it's just, it, it feels so risky for a running back to go back. It does, it does. And I mean, I feel like the NIL collective probably stepped up for him. And uh, but yeah, I, I know, just but with the injury, it's, you know, the, the, the circumstances really just ended up sucking for Blake Corum, right? Um, but hopefully, you know, comes back off the injury, has a great year next year, stays healthy, and the running back group won't be as deep next year. So maybe he could go even earlier. It, but yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, lastly, I put the Clemson duo of Ruka Roro hey, me and too. Tyler Davis. Just, you know, not that it's, it's anything new for Clemson, uh, you know, defensive lineman going back there, but just, I don't know, it would have been, been nice to have a couple more really strong IDLs in this group. Um, yeah, kind of in, in that yeah. day, day two, early day three mold. Yeah. It doesn't, like, the IDL class is a little inconsistent. I was about to say the same thing. Like, we have the greats, you know, we have Jalen Carter at the top. And we have some really high-end, interesting dudes. But then it feels like it kind of thins out a bit. And there's there's a couple of those, like, you know, mid-round dudes that we liked and th- them included that, um, you know, just kind of hurt the depth a little bit. Um, moving to wish they went back and staying on the line, I'll go to the offensive line of Ohio State. Luke Weipler, their center. Um, one, because I'm a Buckeyes fan, I wish they weren't losing three starters to the NFL yeah. draft. But two, I, I thought he – now, I haven't – dug back into the tape uh, totally from this year or anything. But I, I thought um, heading into the year, he looked like kind of fifth-round type of guy with the potential to really boost himself up. And I think he, I mean, he could still end up being one of the top interior offensive linemen in this class because I don't really love this class, yeah. um, which will obviously help him. But uh, I thought, like, next year he could have been the best center in the country. Yeah, I mean, the center group is pretty thin. Um, there's, it's, I mean, J- J- like, John Michael Schmitz, I think, is the, the top dog here. And, I like, Weipler's not going to take him. that away yeah. from him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hype for Weipler. Um, from what I've watched, I'm not, a, I'm not a super huge fan of his either. Um, so I think that one makes sense. Uh, a guy I do like a lot, uh, uh, Garrett Williams at the, cl- the the Syracuse corner, who you know I put him here. Too. Yeah, like coming off that ACL tear, who I liked a lot in the summer. You know, just didn't get to play a full season. I know he's li- he was playing really well before. Was he got playing him. really well. Um, he was a fourth year, but still a retro sophomore, so still a lot of eligibility. Um, just feels like he's he got lost in this cornerback group. I so like it's I. It's a really good. Class. It's a good class, and there's a lot of dudes at the top. It just. I don't know, just unfortunate for him, I think. Like, I just, I think if he went back, he would have been one of the top dudes going into the next year and probably been a, you know, a, a day two dude at worst, you know, like, like at worst. And now he still has a chance to go top 100, but I, I, with the with the group and with the injury, I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, just that, that one just kind of sucks, I think. I, uh, I put him and his teammate, Sean Tucker, who I, yeah. I know I just made the case for uh, running back, not to go back with Blake Corn, but with Sean Tucker, like I think his name is bigger than his game, and that yeah. like he is not a. I don't think he's near a top ten running back in this class. I I think his season was a little disappointing. Um, kind of against their biggest opponents, he was kind of his quietest. 
still like I know the pass catching numbers went up, but he is not a natural pass catcher. And I just I think he's a very like six round ish type running back, like kind of this one cut guy, decent contact balance, but not the greatest athlete, not doing a ton for you in space or on third down. So I don't know. I think if he had gone back, had a big year for for Syracuse, um, maybe he gets a the senior bowl bump and kind of all that. But and you, you're gonna miss his tweets. And his tweets. Uh, I hope I get them. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um, the NFL. I put Booty here too. We talked about him. How about Nick Herbig, who like is explosive, uh, tweenery dude, had more of a quiet season like on a, you know a middling Badgers team in Wisconsin, um, and it felt like like Fickle coming over. He could have had a big year next year. And another guy, I think a senior. He put up numbers. This he year. did. He did. But it just felt quiet. I mean, I don't know. And I think another guy that like, I don't know if this is. You tell me if this is a wrong take, but I feel like. If you're a tweenery type of dude, you go to Mobile, and it kind of helps. It It's a big boost for those type of guys. Yeah, because you get to see, well, can he also do more in space? Can he beat the top tackle? Hassan Reddick comes to mind first and foremost when you yeah. talk about that type of player. And so I, I think like we liked his tape a lot in the summer. I'm not saying he had a poor year, just more of a quiet year because the Badgers sucked. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up, and I think like just that bump would have been nice and another year with Fickle, or one year with Fickle. Just, I think that would have made a lot of sense. Maybe a, a little off the beaten path one, but I put Louisville receiver Tyler Hudson, who every time I watch Louisville, he was just this kind of tall, kind of Des Fitzpatricky in that like <laughs> kind of tall, lean, smooth, just chain moving type receiver. Um, I mean, he was like wicked against Clemson. Um, he was a Central Arkansas transfer, spent one year in the Power Five at Louisville, had a really good year, topped a thousand yards, but. I just thought, hey, with Brom coming to town, yeah. uh, a, a name, his name hasn't been like up there all that much. Like maybe he goes back has a great year for for Brom, who obviously just had Charlie Jones have a great year at Purdue, yeah. um, and and maybe he's a guy who we're seeing at the Senior Bowl next year. That's a good low key one. Mine's a little more high key. I put Luke Musgrave. Like I know he's going in first rounds of mocks, um, so this is probably going to be the right move for him. But like. We've talked about, you know, Michael Myers is not going to get topped as the top 10 end. Uh, Washington's next. There's a, a deep group. Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft, yeah, who's uh, still a little, like, the talk's a little quiet because he was banged up. But I just think it would have been fun to see a healthy season of Luke Musgrave. Um, like, he's been coming off the injury, too. And, like, with, with DJ Uyunglele slinging the rock to him at Oregon State, you know, another tough Oregon State year. Like, I just uh, – I think, like, I think if you – like I don't think he's gonna end up in the first round. I'm just saying that now. I might be wrong. I put him. I put him for moneymaker because it feels like the hype is building. It does. He's capital. Uh, like I, I, I don't know that the tape lives up to where he's being mocked. But he's gonna uh, blow he's up gonna the combine test, apparently. Test really, yeah. really well. Um, I think he was on the freaks list. Uh, but like with Washington and, and Mayor, like is is a good combine enough to get you drafted? Like that alone enough to get you drafted well, I mean, in the first just, round of this class. Like if if maybe it's not the first round, but yeah. like if he goes top fifty, it's still I think it's a big money yeah. because I don't think I don't think the tape really matches that. I agree. No, I think you're right. Uh, you're right. But yeah, I just I think just like ha- having a nice big season next year with you know a, a five star quarterback coming in, like it just yeah. Um, speaking of Pac-12, uh, I put Noah Sewell here. He had all the hype in the yeah. world heading into the year. Had a very mess season, struggled in space, kind of even with Oregon reaching new heights under Dan Lanning, uh, just was kind of, it felt irrelevant at times. And with Brandon Dorless going back, Jordan Birch, Bush uh, transfer, Birch transferring over from South Carolina, like I thought Noah Sewell go back, have a great year, like be the best senior linebacker in the country, but instead we're kind of looking at a guy who like, does he even go in the third round? Yeah, no, I, you're 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 very right. I didn't, I don't know if he's going to. I really don't. Um, speaking of guys with hype, who actually lived up to it, biggest money move. We've already hit a couple of Me mine. Too. I put Lucas Van Ness. I put Josh Downs. I, I I put Luke Musgrave. Yeah, I put I put Anthony Richardson. I put Pidgey Ojolari. But my top guy was uh, was uh, Drew Sanders, baby. Okay, I put him for transfer. Who made the most? Yeah, you could definitely put him there. I just had more. I had a couple more transfers. Um, but yeah, I just think he, he's making himself a lot of money. I mean, in that Dane Brugler mock, he went I think nineteenth. 
um, murkier linebacker group, like we said. Um, like like you said, transferring from Bama, he went from Bama to Arky, and like that, I don't know. That's just impressive that you're leaving Bama and you up your stock like that. I don't. I think that's a nice that's a nice feather in someone's cap. Go ahead, yeah, sorry. Really long, yeah. fluid. The ability to pass first yep. too, like Arky would line him up there and let him just pin his ears back and go. Sometimes, like he could be the only. Well, I'll put it in quotations because I think he could be deployed interestingly. But he he could be the only off ball linebacker selected yep. in the first yep. round. Yep. Um, no, that's a good one. I put Maryland corner Deontay Banks. Ooh, speaking of Dan Brewer's mock, yeah. Uh, he had a he he's been banged up at Maryland for like t- the last two years. Uh, had a good freshman year, has been banged up, then like really balled out for them this year. Maryland had a, a couple dudes in that second day. Yep. Um, and big physical athletic corner who it looks like potentially goes in the first round. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll how about a guy I'm not super high on, but uh, Oklahoma's Anton Harrison, the tackle, who a lot of people, yeah, baby. a lot of people are high on. Are you you're an Anton Harrison guy? Oh yeah, since summer. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. I'm, I feel like I'm not. I'm. Um, we'll see when I you know dig back in. But um, guy who's you know projected first round a lot in a lot of mocks later first round, and that's like kind of like a spot where you know you're always going to see a tackle or two go, and it feels like he's kind of like the one. You know, Project Jones is going to go early. Um, obviously, Skaronski is going to go early. Paris Johnson is going to go early, and it feels like he's just kind of like the next one in that void. So it's just. It feels like it feels right, you know what I mean? Like just you can slot him right in there, and it's just a smart move for him. Um, I put two guys who are returning because that can be a money move sure, as well. Of course. Um, first is a, a speaking of tackles, a guy I think we're both like pretty in on over the summer, but it didn't go so great for Stanford. That's Walter Reds, mm-hmm. who's returning but transferring to Nebraska. And I just think that Wait, it, it's going to really... I'm pretty sure Rose flipped to Oklahoma, speaking of. Did he flip? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, that's even better. That's even better, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty... Let me let me double check while you talk. Um, oh, I think you're correct. Which which is a big money move, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, he gets to step into Anton Harrison's spot at left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, again, he's a guy who, over the summer... Uh, I think we both thought could be a day two tackle. He's got the right? traits, absolutely, yeah. And like he's built, he's built for it. A guy who I thought could play any kind of scheme because he had the athleticism and the movement space, but a big, strong power at the point of attack. Uh, being Oklahoma's left tackle, I think. Oh yeah. With that pedigree, like he, I think he's going to be a guy. We're oh talking yeah, about. that's a huge money move. No, that's a great pick and great segue after Harrison. Good work. <laughs> I, I also put Austin Reed just returning to Western Kentucky after that bowl game. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, uh, where are we going next? Transfers. Transfers. So uh, we hit Drew Sanders for me. Yep. Uh, there's so many good ones. This there year. is. Um, I mean, I think I think first probably foremost is is Jameer Gibbs. Speaking of Alabama, speaking of Drew Sanders. Um, who obviously went from Georgia Tech to Bama and is now – I mean, I still don't think he ends up in the first round, but, like, there's a very good chance he does. So, to, to, But hey, to, if he goes top 40, absolutely. though, like, I yep. mean, to, to me, the, the the sweet spot, like, if running backs are going to the first round anymore, it's going to the top half of that, that, that second round, right? Going pick thir- 33 – well, 32 this year, uh, but generally 33 mm-hmm. to, like, 45, yep. 50. Like, going in that range, that's a big win as a Absolutely. Runner. And, yeah, he obviously had a, had a really great year. And he just – not that, like, it wouldn't have happened, but it just – that just that transfer to Bama is just huge money for him. Uh, especially just being the fact, like, when Bama had nothing pass yeah. catcher-wise and Bryce Young's trying to will this team to wins, like, he is going to Jameer Gibbs time yep. after time. Gibbs looks like the uh, this smaller Alvin Kamara – I think he also got to showcase what he can do uh, vision-wise as a running back this year because he had some better blocking in front of him. There's a yeah. there's a couple games where, like, I think the Texas game comes to mind where, like, he's just patient behind his line waiting for that crease, hits it, like, and hits that top speed instantly. Like, he is such a game breaker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's your who's your top guy? Uh, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, I had him here, too. The, the, the Colorado transfer goes to Oregon. Uh, could be the first corner selected. Just a, a freaky athlete with great length. 
um, can kind of play anything like press man, can play off man, play off zone because of the change of direction skills, the explosiveness has, I think the best feet in the class. Um, now he needs to get better as a tackler, but, uh, he, he could be a top 10 pick with all that. And I think Oregon was the perfect place, uh, to kind of get more eyes on him. Yeah. But imagine he stayed at Colorado and stayed another year and he's got Dion. Well, if he stayed at Colorado, he would have been on wish they went back list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so true. Um, but and Dion wouldn't have taught him how to tackle though, so that's that's the issue. That's yeah. Sp- speaking of the Pac-12. I'm going to put Jordan Anderson on this on this list, who obviously um, went over from Pitt, joining Caleb Williams in USC, and he was a uh, he was a stud. I mean, I don't I don't think it, overall. It, you know what? Maybe you put him for more of that you know like that forty to to fifty range ish. To being a first round pick, you know, I think I think that's yeah. that's what it did for him, which is a lot of damn money. So that's clutch. I I have a hard time seeing him not be one of the first three receivers taken. Like you know, I probably the second receiver in my opinion too. Um, so yeah, that's that's obviously a big old great move for him. Yeah. So I I, I think the only reason he wouldn't be because I think Quentin Johnston uh, just the size, the athleticism, I mean the production. Yep. Uh, he'll be a lot of wide receiver ones for people. But, like, the only – I don't really see a way Jordan Addison's not that wide receiver two, if not your wide receiver one. I right? agree. Like, other than the weight. But, I mean, to me, my comp in the summer was Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith just had a nearly 1,200-yard season. Uh, like, it felt the a quiet one, but a fucking good one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, a lot of people are still JSN fans. That's, that's the only reason I kind of I kind of phrased it like that. Um, I think he's better than I JSN. I don't think he – yeah, JSN, I, I think, is very well-rounded. Yeah. I don't think he's an elite trait. Like, I think he in the right system, he's going to be super productive. But I think he's more of that second-round. Uh, agreed. Um, and then, like, obviously, like, Zay Flowers is getting a lot of love recently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I mean, he suffers from the underweight syndrome as yeah. well. So. Um, how about Ivan Pace Jr.? Yeah, that's a great one. He came over from Miami of Ohio... Stayed in state mm-hmm. goes goes teams up with his brother at Cincinnati and and a kind of a down year for Cincinnati he was he was the most electric player yeah. for them um, just a ridiculous blitzer cleaning up every tackle it felt like played so well I f- I feel like he got himself on the draft radar got himself to Mobile and now he can maybe show up and show out and be perhaps the one of the top senior linebackers yeah like. no that's that's a great one and speaking of. Uh... Seniors, how about how about Olu Oluwatimi going from Virginia to Michigan, back to back Joe Moore Award babies? That's the only thing I care about. Who cares about Natties? Uh, you know, just we've talked about him, like just that glue in the line and instantly impactful. Now I, I, I I'm still not sure where he's going to end up actually being drafted. Um, but irregardless, he had another fantastic year. I think was just much more of a complete center this year. Um, and yeah, I, had a fantastic year. What's what's there not to love? Yeah, and I think he's an interesting player in contrast to John Michael Schmitz, who's more of that yeah. power player, and I think all more of that zone center. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I mean, like clearly, like we talked about, the, the center group is, mm, and the the interior line, even as a whole, is is not that great. And so yeah, it just him picking this, even like just waiting another year in terms of that, it was a smart move. Um, that's all of my transfer guys. Yep. You want to move yep. on? Yeah, no, let's more? move on. All right, glad they returned. We touched on Tommy Eichenberg already. Uh, I put Cade Stover here as well, who uh, the, the the trio of roommates at Ohio State, Tommy Eichenberg, Cade Stover, and Steel Chambers, all going back. Stover, I think, could be the top senior tight end, yep. and he capitalized on – he could have capitalized on an out-of-nowhere really productive year with the Buckeyes, been a top-ten tight end. But going back, I think, really sets him up to potentially be – a top five tight end. In yeah. Class. When we were talking about Brenton Stranger earlier, we talked about, well, maybe there's another guy that, you know, potential top, a top tight end, uh, senior tight end. I think that's going to be a Stover entering the year, at least, um, you know, Mel's defeat at Ohio state, but also means you're not looking as much coverage. And yeah, he was out of nowhere guy, like well-built dude too. And yeah, but like tough, tough as hell dynamic though, too. So yeah, I think with obviously Harrison and Ibuka taking a lot of pressure off, he's going to, he's going to have a really big year again. Um, I put Blake Corum obviously. How about how about one of our favorites down the stretch, Juice Wells, baby? I just think yeah, I put him and Rattler. Yeah, yeah, him and Rattler, and going back with Rattler there at South Carolina, 
I think he's just gonna have a huge statistical year. And, and no, I think I think he would end up getting a lot of buzz towards you know towards draft time this year. But um, I think it's gonna start building from um, from the from the spring um, from the summer. So uh, yeah, just another huge year or a really huge year this year. Rather like just be you know started to just chuck those balls up deep to him, and he, he's so great at those 50-50 contested balls. Um, I think he could be one of the top receivers in the SEC. That's a good one. Um, I, I'll, I'll stick a receiver. I'll go with UTSA's DeCorian Clark, a little bit more low-key, mm-hmm. but a guy who I think has a chance to be the top G5 receiver in the draft next year, who before his injury, he, he was really starting to build some fans. That's a good one. I'm going to stick in... Uh, well, not so low key anymore, but just like, just for the love of it, how about Jalen Daniels at Kansas? Like, you know, not that I thought he was going to come out or anything, and maybe taking advantage of this mediocre class would have been would have been helpful. But just another year going back, becoming a Kansas football legend. Um, I just, I don't know, I love it. I love him. He was so much fun in the bowl game. So just this is just a a selfish. I want to see another year of him playing college football. Uh, I'll give you two interior defensive linemen. George's Nasir Stackhouse, mm-hmm. who didn't really get the attention he deserved for having a really great year yep. um, for, for that Georgia front. I think he can be one of the top senior interior defensive linemen next year. And Brendan Dorless, going back to yep. Oregon, who I already mentioned, uh, a guy who I, I was kind of surprised went back, but really versatile, fun chess piece up front for Dan Lynn. That's a good one. I'm, uh, I'm all, out of, all out of names. How oh, are you? Okay, uh, I got three Go. more. Uh, th- this one may be a little more low-key. Nebraska running back Anthony Grant, who had a little he, bit of hype earlier in the year, yeah. uh, had a quite a good year for a bad Nebraska team. I think just smart to go back. Like, instead of getting lost and, in the shuffle in this group. He, yeah, like, this guy was playing – he's going to be an old running back, but, like, <laughs> he played at Florida State in 2018. Yeah, there's something to but, him. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, he's a, he's a dynamic space guy. Uh, and speaking of Florida State, Jordan Travis going back. Oh, yeah. And, and – and another quarterback, Washington State's Cameron Ward. Yeah, Cam Ward was a really wise decision. Not that I know there was some, but like, I, I never really expected him to come out after the one year jump to the FBS. But no, that's a good one as well. All right, we did it. We got through the declaration show. Up next, our all rookie show. Can't wait, AJ. Can't wait to talk more Brock Purdy.